0: This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the very niche and kind of geeky details of modern warfare with me, Jake Hanrahan. First of all, Happy New Year 2020. Let's go. Um, This episode, we're speaking to Mustafa Salim, a journalist with The Washington Post. He's going to be telling us uh, about the U.S. embassy siege that has happened over yesterday and today where members of Qatab, Hezbollah and Iran-backed militia operating inside Iraq have surrounded uh, the US Embassy, got into the place uh, within the green zone and attacked uh, the base, basically surrounding it. There's a lot going on there, so Mustafa is going to explain exactly what's been happening. He's been there on the ground, so, you know, he knows what's what. If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popularfront. Maybe you can take us back to the start, really, and explain, you know, why this siege has happened in the first place, because it's not like it just came out of nowhere, you know what I mean?
1: I know. Well, we should go way, way back uh the tension between though we should first we should be uh, accurate those people are not the same people who are in tahrir square i mean there are some demonstrations in tahrir square since october 1st they are these are anti-iran demonstrations mm-hmm. those people are different those people are the people who are supporter of the shia militias who are basically against those people in tahrir square uh the tension between like those people and the Americans is going way, way back because most of them are uh, backed by Iran, uh, loyal to Iran, funded by Iran and started with the tension between the US and Iran. It was increased recently when the Iraqi protest started in October because it was anti-Iran demonstrations and those people saw it as American conspiracy to threaten the Iranian's influence inside Iraq. They even called those people who are protesting as gangs of the American Joker.
0: <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. A lot of people were saying in the media, oh, they're protesters outside the embassy, but they're not, right? They're effectively militiamen without fatigues.
1: Yes, that's true. They are just militiamen. Uh, there has been for a while bombing the uh, Iraqi uh, military bases, which has American personnel they have also bombed the green zone many times where the american embassy is located uh, once a rocket missile landed in the same street where the u.s embassy located and killed one iraqi soldier at, at the checkpoint many times also they bombed the embassy but the rockets landed on the river on the Tigris river they bombed assad base where the uh, mo- most american personnel are there when trump came to iraq he visited that base when Pence. Vice President came to Iraq visited that base. The Iraqis landed right right on the runway. And eventually, they bombed K-1 airbase in Kirkuk, which led to the death of an American, contract, American contractor. Before that K-1 bombing, uh, the U.S. has said that they will respond for these attacks because it, 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 they are being increased. So when this happened... According to the Iraqi Prime Minister, Adal al-Mahdi, he got a call from the American uh, Secretary of Defense. He told him that we already located uh, who are the party who were behind that attack in K1 in Kirkuk, which killed an American contractor, and he named that they, they were the Kataib Hezbollah, the Iranian-backed militia. And the, he told the Prime Minister that the decision has been made into bombing them, and they bombed them in Iraq and Syria. In Iraq, they bombed two headquarters of uh, those militias located in Anbar, western Iraq, and led to the death of at least 25 fighters of that militia.
0: And this was the recent bombing, right?
1: Yes, 29th of December.
0: 29th, okay, right, so it was like only a few days ago. Um, And maybe you can explain, who exactly is this group, Qatab Hezbollah? Because there's a lot of confusion about, you know, who's Hashd al-Shaabi, which group it is. Like, maybe you can give us some idea.
1: Well, uh... When the Americans uh, entered Iraq in 2003, Muqtada al Sadr formed his own militia. He called them Al Mahdi Army. Then, day by day, uh, Qais al Khazali split from Muqtada al Sadr and split his own militia. He called them Asad al Haq. And day by day, uh, Akram al kabi split from Qais al Khazali and formed his own militia and called them Harkat al Nujaba. And then, Uh, Shivaliz Zaydi split from another one and also called, uh, like, formed a militia, uh, Qatab Imam Ali. Those militias, like, even before Qatab Imam Ali, those militias were fighting also in Syria, supporting the regime of Bashar al-Assad. And then when, uh, and also Qatar Hezbollah was formed in 2007 by mostly, yeah, by by, uh, by Iran in order to, trying to limit the American influence inside Iraq. They were the main people and others who were, like, doing the attacks against the American army in Iraq before they withdrew from Iraq in 2011. Uh, The Hashish-Sha'bi is an umbrella group that was formed after ISIS took over the city of Muslim northern Iraq. The Shia authority, Ali Sistani, issued what they called religious order, as fatwa, and to, uh, like, group of volunteers to fight uh, against those terrorist gangs then the hashish shabi was formed which means the popular mobilization f- forces because of that loss of a group has been formed many many new groups have been, has been formed and they were they were fighting and in order to, in, in, in a way to put, put them all together to legalize them they formed the committee of hashish shabi which has which uh, like should be uh, all these groups i mentioned the old groups and the new groups are under but the leader, of the, the, the leader of that PMU, the main leader, is Falah Al-Fayyad, who is also at the same time, he's the head of national security. And the man who is controlling everything, his deputy, is Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis. Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis is classified as a terrorist by the United States.
0: Sorry for my confusion here, but then, so does that mean that um qatab hezbollah comes under the al Shabi grouping or not because they, they work alongside the qatab, each other right the qatab uh,
1: even like because they have been classified as terrorist organization way before the formation of al shabi they chose even like no one know no one knows like they don't public they don't right. uh, say in public who's their actual leader but they have they have uh, huge influence uh, leverage here in iraq they do have lots of existence uh, Arms headquarters. They control everything, basically. They are they are very strong here. So and uh, like it's not the first time that they act uh, under the authority and uh, under authority of the same, themselves. They they are controlled. Once I remember in 2015, uh, like uh, security forces arrest a member of Kataib for stealing something from Tikrit or Fallujah. I don't remember exactly. They stormed the prison and they took him out.
0: <laughs> right, so they got a lot of power.
1: Yeah, they are. They are. They have their own state. No one can control them.
0: So what happened then with them? Uh, you know, leading up to the siege, I believe the siege is kind of stopped as of a few hours ago. But you know, you are on the yeah. ground there. Like, what happened? Going back after that strike took place, the uh, Qatar Hezbollah has
1: announced that they will do a central funeral marching for those. Who died as a, as a result of that attack by the U.S. Uh, by the U.S. forces? Uh, they gathered early morning. There were like thousands of them, like between fighters, supporters, and also other, other militia groups like Al al-Haq and Badr, because they're they're all uh, they have the same ideology. They're all anti-Americans. The followers were thousands, and they did this uh, funeral marching. Then they went. They went. Uh, they went straight into the uh, Green Zone, which is an area supposed to be uh, closed for civilians because it's the headquarter of the U.S. Embassy, British Embassy, other foreign embassies, and also the Prime Minister Office, Defense Ministry, and other government buildings. No one can enter that area as civilians. They can't enter that area unless they have a special access, which we call IZ badge, International Zone badge. But there were thousands of people armed with vehicles. They stormed the gate of the green zone and they entered the checkpoint, which has only six or seven uh, policemen. They couldn't control them or they couldn't stop them. They went uh, deep inside the green zone. They went to the streets of the U.S. Embassy. They surrounded the U.S. Embassy. They set up tents. And they started... uh, destroying the cameras outside of the embassy they started to smash the glass they started to uh, burn the trees outside the embassy they also like prepared the homemade Molotov of cocktails and threw them inside the embassy and caused fires and civil defense of the u.s embassy were seen from outside trying to put up, put up these fires and they stormed the main reception room of the embassy which is outside and they burned it and uh, they were trying to breach inside and this whole time iraqi forces who were in charge to protect the green zone were just standing aside and not doing anything because they uh, they don't they didn't want to get involved with those angry people but then uh, the some official or leader of the katab hezbollah on the microphone was like yelling other people please don't enter the embassy our aim is only to stand outside and besieging it and have a sit-in. And at the same time, the prime minister issued a statement ordering all those groups to leave the area immediately. Then some of the Iraqi forces intervened and they like formed a buffer between those militiamen and the embassy. The situation continued and more tents came, more people came and they have set up many, many tents and surrounded the whole perimeter of the embassy, and also they burned another, another reception room. But then they, they set up their tents, and they, they stayed there. By by, by the night, uh, CDS also came, which are the counterterrorism forces, Iraqi forces, who are like trained and armed by the Americans before, in order to control the situa- situation. So the situation was, they are like, like a buffer between those people and the embassy also uh, continue they also tried to breach but uh, the uh, cds managed to control them with with this uh, buffer and uh, the the uh, they managed to stop them by the time when even when by the time the people tried to breach the embassy the u.s uh, security inside the embassy uh, responded with tear gas sound grenades but they uh, they they were like almost harmless comparing to the Stun grenades and tear gas were were used against the Iraqi protesters in Tahrir Square by the Iraqi riot police. Even the those militiamen, they were called they called these methods methods as cute methods because they were almost harmless harmless to them. They called them cute. Yeah, they called because yeah, I mean these stun grenades we can barely hear it, and yeah. the, uh, the tear gas is not effective at all. Unlike the. Uh, Unlike the Iraqi riot police, when they were shooting the, at the head, where they, they killed people, more than 500 people died because of that, these the, these American tear gas, they had sponge in it, not, not to not to shoot the head,
0: actually. Right, and then they, they sent troops as well, though, right? We saw some footage of yeah, the troops I, in the yeah, green yeah. zone.
1: They announced that they are sending uh, troops, marine troops. But so And also this morning, after like uh, phone calls between President Trump and Prime Minister Al-Mahdi and Barham Saleh, uh, the hashish pmu issued a statement this morning uh, ordering all their followers to retreat from the u.s embassy area and they have picked another place to do the, the in, which is outside the green zone across the river which is also like uh, like you can see the american embassy from that place but that pla- that place is not a source of certain at all because it's far uh, there's a river between them uh better other militias retreated, but kitab Hezbollah and Harakat al-Nujaba, both militias are cl- cl- classified as terrorist organizations by the, U- by the U.S. They refused to leave, they stayed, and they said that we are not under the authority of Hishj al-Shaabi, we are Islamic resistance, we take orders only from our leaders. So they okay. stayed there, they set up their tents, and they they kept cooking food for those people who are there, and uh, then suddenly an uh, of senior official of Qatar Hezbollah, who, who is also the uh, uh, political spokesperson of the of Katab Hezbollah, he, said, he went on the stage and he said that the message has been delivered. Uh, we, we humiliated the Americans. It's a victory for us. And now it's up to the Parliament to issue a law to apply the US to withdraw their, their forces. From the Iraq, because their demand was that they they are staying until they withdrew of the whole U.S. troops from the country.
0: That's completely unrealistic, though. Like, what what do you think is the actual game plan behind this? Is it just like angry backlash from the from the airstrikes, or is there something else?
1: It's both. It's the angry backlash, and also uh, they use the circumstances to do a leverage, like Iran did, made, made, made this. In order to like a special card against the Americans,
0: to kind of show them like we can touch yeah, you,
1: show them that we can do damage. When uh, then I, I I talked to that guy like asking what's happening. Uh, he said that like another guy with the like Qatar he said that they got some guarantees from political blocs, parliament that they will issue that law, like all to in order to uh, uh, demand the U.S. forces to withdraw. From the country, that's not likely at all. In order to such law, you'll need like the majority of votes. It's unlikely the Kurds would vote. It's unlikely the Sunni would vote. It's unlikely also some Shia MPs would would vote. So now it's not. Yeah. And plus, we we don't have we. I mean, our prime minister resigned already. It's just like an emergency government, and there are demands to oppose the government
0: and start an early elections. So it seems that Kitab Hezbollah then, at least from my perspective, listening to this, it's like they're trying to kind of get their claws in a little bit deeper in a kind of time of crisis, would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they figured out. I mean, uh, if the if those American forces would, would arrive, Qatab, Hezbollah can do anything. And so they chose to leave by their will not to be forced to leave.
0: Right. And, and what do you think is going to happen in the future? Do you think this is going to happen again? Or, or is this maybe not quite a bigger deal as some people are making out? No,
1: I mean... The crisis, I think, for now the crisis is over. Uh, now they already set up their tents and everything like across the river, but it's not a source of, of a threat. Uh, they will keep pressuring the parliament uh, to um, like do this law, and probably those militias, all of them, they don't want this government to resign. They don't want this parliament to be abolished because, I mean, they met, they had measured this government for their size. So probably they will use this ca- this card in order to keep the government and the parliament as the way it is, not to oppose the bar- parliament and having an early elections.
0: Right. And what what is it then Iran wants at this stage uh, in Iraq?
1: Well, Iran wanted to control everything in Iraq. Like even with all the American sanctions against Iran, they managed to survive even financially because they have Iraq as an exit route. They mm. have Iraq to. Uh, Export like some like stuff, electricity, money, everything that they can do through Iraq. Do so they want to keep the way the situation the way it is?
0: Right, doesn't look good. <laughs> um Is there is there anything else you think we should uh, we should cover before we, we kind of wrap this up?
1: Uh, no, like but like only the, the thing that I said at the beginning that uh, there is difference between those people who are in Tahrir Square since first uh, of October and those people who stormed the embassy
0: compound yeah definitely there's a lot of media saying oh iraqi protesters and it's like we'll know that the connotation of the iraqi protesters are the, the people trying to fight for their will you know
1: they are also protesting the strike against them but they are not the same protesters who are exactly. anti- iraq protesters
0: yeah exactly i think it's definitely uh good that we point that out um mustafa where can people follow your work i know you're you're out there on the ground doing some great stuff where can they you know keep up to date My
1: Twitter account and also all my uh, uh,
0: M-U-S-T-A-F-A underscore S-A-L-I-M-B. Brilliant. Okay, mate, thank you very much for taking the time to do this. You're welcome. That was Mustafa Salim speaking about Qatar Hezbollah, attacking the U.S. Embassy and the siege and what that might mean in the near future. Iraq. Also, again, please do not forget just saying, oh, there are Iraqi protesters attacking the embassy is not accurate as the New York Times have just done today. Basically saying, oh, the, the, the Iraqi protesters have diverted from the clashes in Baghdad against the government to the US embassy. That is not what's happened. These are not the same groups. In fact, Qatab Hezbollah have been involved in suppressing the Iraqi protesters whilst they fight against their government. The Iraqi protesters Are fighting against basically the influence of Qatar, Hezbollah, and people like them and their affiliates on the government and what's happening to their country. So just please, like, you know, don't get it uh, mixed up. And people are saying to me, when are you going to do an episode on the Iraqi protest? Trust me, it is coming. But a friend of mine who's going to, you know, I really want to record it with them. Uh, yet to come back from Iraq and you know obviously we want on the ground sort of stuff as we've just had with um, Mustafa so it's going to be good but don't worry it, it is coming um yeah anyway uh, it's 2020 now thanks very much for all the um support last year 2019 it's been amazing this year 2020 next decade hopefully is a hell of a lot more for popular front um got some plans got all sorts coming don't worry it's going to be more of the same but also a lot more a lot more um I don't know, more projects, you know, not just oh, here's the uh, here's the um, podcast and then here's some docs every now and then, things are going to get a lot more organised, uh, better projects, more going on, yeah anyway, uh, to, to help us keep doing that, please do consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash popularfront um, there you'll get bonus episodes access to the Discord, which is incredible now for research and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think I think you know, I think it's fair. You know, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, whatever you want. Uh, popular Front uh, Patreon.com slash Popular Front this episode we have a new sponsor oracle coffee company in portland 100% independent um ethical all of that like i said we're not having any corporate bullshit but we definitely want to push independent businesses independent work all the time you'll see us doing that online a lot we're doing it on the podcast as well so if you check out uh, oracle coffee company it says here they're independent multi roaster in portland's south waterfront neighborhood um, and they're saying they want to welcome popular front people, the crowd, people that listen to it. Um, and they want people to, you know, go in there, hang out, whatever, talk to them. It's at 3875 Southwest Bond Avenue. And they said, bring your laptops and balaclavas um, and try our oat milk lattes. Personally, I couldn't imagine putting milk in coffee, but there you go. That sounds cool. Um, they're a good bunch, definitely. I speak to the guy that runs it very good guy Um, absolutely we wouldn't support anything that isn't you know in line with what we're doing independent um, all the way Um, also this episode is sponsored by the defense defense with an S check them out for all updates on the world in conflict also check us out on uh, youtube youtube.com slash popular front this week or next, nah fucking not this week, <laughs> next week will be the final part of um, the Hong Kong Dock, I'm sorry that's taken so long but just a lot of life stuff going on right now which took time away from everything but now everything's back on track so yeah youtube.com slash popular front subscribe hit the bell instagram um, the other day we hit 30,000 followers on there which i thought was like wow that's mad um, especially considering we've been shadow banned for about six months we've been deleted four times by Instagram for nothing and reinstated every time all four times they say oh it's a mistake it's just like nonsense but yeah instagram.com slash popular dot front um someone the other day said to me oh you didn't I didn't know there was articles like there is I, I mention it quite often so go to um Popularfront.co, you will see on their articles, podcasts, um, video, everything is there. The shop, uh, popularfront.shop, merchandise, everything's going on. Um, Twitter at twitter.com slash popularfrontco. Um, and someone the other day made a good point. They said like, people, some people don't realize that like I did stuff before Popular Front, so if you want, you can check out my work. Previously, I did stuff for Vice, News, uh, HBO, all sorts of other places, go to jakehanrahan.com. My surname is spelled H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. So jakehanrahan.com. Thank you very much to the following people from the Patreon. Like I always say, if you lot weren't here, this would not be uh going anywhere near as rapidly um, as it is. They are Adam Berg Snyder. Andrew Hurley Axel Iverson Azad Brian McLaughlin Chad Walker Christopher Martin Craig Miller Dan Dunham Daniel Shearer Diana Gorvenek Eloise Larson Emiliano Emily Molly Fletcher Tate Frank Austin Jack Mayhoff James from the Discord Janet yeah, uh, Tell me if I've said that wrong Joanne Stocker Joel Tambusi Josh for uh, I don't know Josh, Jungle King, Vera Pan, Kay Hardy Roberts, Lawrence Abrahams, Lika Madik, Noah, Ari from the Discord, Patrick Bronte, Peter McCormack from What Bitcoin Did, Qball, Russia Al-Akidi, Rohan Abare, Rubicon, Ryan Sandercock, Scartoon Music, Sebastian from the Discord, Sentry, Sarusha Hawazi, Stephen Davila, STV, Tom Lochrin. Tony Bin, Vida Provost and Zachary Hinch. Thank you all very, very much. Much appreciated. Also, thank you very much to the people who've been supporting with Bitcoin. We've got a few donations um, over Christmas. Thank you very much. I don't know who you are like, but thanks. Um, If you want to support us with Bitcoin go to popularfront.co slash Bitcoin. Bitcoin community, kind of the older... I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say like the old community, but the community that I remember getting involved in when I was about, oh fuck man, I don't know, like 21, um, that, that kind of community seems to be really uh, friendly to popular fun and it's really cool, so thanks very much, much appreciated. Uh, music in this episode, the intro was by Home and the outro was by Son of Old, go to Soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash son of old.